Hey everybody, it's Timmy Gibson here with you for the Timmy Gibson Show. Today I want to talk about loneliness. Loneliness is something that really we don't like. <laughs> no one likes to feel alone. And what's wild about loneliness is you can feel alone even in a crowded room. You know, you can feel alone in a partnership or in a marriage or in a friendship. What is loneliness, which we'll talk a little bit about that, but what I want to focus on is kind of what I've learned in facing loneliness. And part of my journey over the last year has given me the opportunity to, to experience loneliness like I've never felt it before. And maybe you find yourself... Um, feelings of loneliness. Maybe you've moved to a new city and you don't know anyone. And so you feel lonely because you don't have any friends. Uh, you know, maybe you've gone through a breakup or a separation or a divorce or a job change. And so you had this community that you were a part of, and then, you know, you, you relocate or get this new job and you feel alone because you don't know anybody. Or, you know, maybe you, maybe you've been a part of a church community. Um, and then have left that community for one reason or another, um, and you're experiencing loneliness. I know that you know I've been affected by a lot of those things. Uh, there's been a lot of changes in my life over the last year, um, but also specifically, you know, going from being a, a fairly religious person to now not being religious, saying that I would be more my. I guess my label is that I'm I'm more spiritual than I am religious. And and when I say religious, I think what goes through my mind, the reason I don't like to say I'm religious and the reason I even sometimes hesitate to call myself a Christian is just because of what that typically means. Like when you say you're a Christian, usually that means you know, this, 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 and this, right? You know, it means certain things. But what I've kind of come to understand lately is is I can't presuppose what Christian means to you just because to me, when I hear the word Christian, I think of a, you know, non-drinker, non-smoker, non-cusser, non-dancer, you know, non uh, you know, no masturbation, no sex before marriage, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> You know, that's, that's, that's what I think. So that's, that's my own shit. That's my own stuff to deal with. But I do hesitate to call myself a Christian just because I don't align with uh, some of the teachings within the Christian faith, though I definitely align with spirituality. You know, I love God. I, I, you know, I, I love the message of Jesus, um, you know, totally down for the, for the, for the teachings of Jesus, of loving, you know, be, love, kindness, grace, forgiveness, mercy, all those things, you know, generosity, charity, uh, those are all things that I'm a, a big supporter of and a big, big fan of. But anyway, let's let's talk about loneliness for a minute here. Um, and this will be a shorter broadcast. Actually, I'm coming to you all the way from Denver, Colorado. Woo, 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 woo. Broncos suck. Anyway, I am uh, I'm here visiting my daughter, and uh, my son and I drove out yesterday and uh, made it to uh, her apartment to hang out with her for a few days. And I didn't want to skip the podcast uh, just because I was out of town, but this won't be as long of a podcast as my normal. We're probably looking at about a 30-minute 
a 30 minute podcast today. So loneliness, what, what do you do with loneliness and, and what is loneliness? Matter of fact, let me look up the definition of what loneliness is. I've got my computer right here in front of me. I'm curious what, what, uh, what the internet say about loneliness. Oh, what does it say? Oh, causes. Oh, loneliness is feeling sad and unhappy about being socially isolated. Wow. I guess it's a good thing I'm talking about loneliness in the midst of the pandemic of 2020 COVID-19 <laughs> isolation, social distancing, stay locked away, wear a mask, hide, right? All of that stuff. Anyway, feeling sad and unhappy about being socially isolated. Um, loneliness can be normal and is only an indicator of underlying disease what when feeling feelings become excessive all-consuming and interfere with daily life okay so yeah interesting um loneliness can be a kind of a precursor to depression uh that's fascinating uh here's another definition i found on the on the on the world wide webs Loneliness is a state of distress or discomfort that results when one perceives a gap between one's desires for social connection and actual experiences of it. Even some people who are surrounded by others throughout the day are or are in a long-lasting marriage still experience a deep and per pervasive loneliness. Fascinating. Um Wow, what loneliness does to the body. There's a lot of good stuff out here. Well, I'm going to run through some of this stuff, and then I just kind of want to talk about uh, some tips and tricks and some tools, I think, on how to better handle loneliness when you when you feel lonely. I, and I can, I, I will say this. So everybody experiences loneliness differently. And, and so, so for some people, a lack of social interaction is unbearable like it's just unbearable they 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 can't be alone um and for those people man this this whole pandemic is really wrecking havoc i know i have a couple friends that are super social like they are social butterflies and and they're definitely not doing real well with with all the social distancing you know not being able to see people's faces you know smiling not to be able to hug people or shake people's hands um you know, wild. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't consider myself a social butterfly. Uh, I am social and I can be social, but oddly enough, I'm a little bit of a loner too. So like I, I'm both. So this whole social distancing thing, um, it, it, it hasn't made me like feel depressed at all. Um, if anything, it just kind of makes me, you know, angry that, that, you know, that we're not getting to, to get, or that anyway, I like gathering and, and especially, uh, now that, you know, things are kind of coming back around, um, at the time of this recording right now, it's August of 2020 and, um, you know, things are beginning to open back up and things are, you know, starting to come back online. And so that's great. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I personally don't mind being alone, uh, some people do. Some people really do. And that's fine. I mean, everybody's wired differently. Some people just can't be alone. You know, they just, they don't like being alone with their thoughts and with their, 
with their themselves. Um, I like it. I like being alone. Now, not all the time, and I'm not saying I want to be alone in life. Uh, but like, like they said in this, this thing I just read, you know, you could be in a, in a marriage or in a partnership or whatever and feel alone in the midst of a crowd. So, you know, that is something there. Okay. Sorry. I had to take a drink of my iced coffee here and it's really good. It's an Ethiopian coffee that we got. I think it was called Pablo's or pa pa Pablo's Pablo's coffee here in Denver. Really yummy. Um, so loneliness, some other things. So what happens to the body when you're lonely? Uh, when you're experiencing loneliness, your levels of uh, cortisol and stress hormone go up. Um, it can impair cognitive performance. Uh, your immune system becomes compromised. Uh, there's an increase of vascular problems, inflammation and heart disease. Wow. Um, loneliness is... Yeah, I didn't realize I didn't realize loneliness was was that bad on the system. Um Yeah, here's another thing. What what is the loneliest feeling? What is the loneliness feeling? It's the loneliness feeling when you need when you have a need for someone's presence and it's not satiated, meaning you know, you want to be around someone and you're not able to be around them. And I know, like I said, I, you know, over the last year, I've experienced loneliness in a profound way that I've never experienced it before. And, and, you know, my, my counselor, my therapist, my coach, you know, told me to turn into that. And so rather than like surrounding myself with a bunch of people to, to, uh, numb the feeling of loneliness, I, uh, kind of did the opposite. I didn't do anything to numb it. Matter of fact, I didn't have a, I didn't have a TV for seven months. Um, I didn't go out all the time and hang out with people. I, I could have, but I didn't. So, you know, I kind of pulled away and we retreated, um, because I wanted to turn into the loneliness. I wanted to feel the feelings of loneliness and I wanted to be able to like sit with it. And, uh, so, so I did, and I'm, and I'm really glad I did because I think it really expedited, um, my, the healing process for me. You know, of course I'm not saying I'm healed. I'm just saying it, it really helped to get me along and get me down the road of healing much like, you know, fitness. I mean, it, it, you know, fitness is a lifelong thing, right? You don't just work out for a year and then you're done for the rest of your life. It, it, you, you, you work out. And then you continue to work out to maintain health physically. So emotional health is much the same. It's something that is an ongoing way of life where you are continually, continually on a mental fitness journey. Um, you know, you, you never like just arrive, um, in, in any, in any way, not emotionally, not physically, not spiritually. I don't, I don't think you ever arrive, but you can be at a good place, right? You can be well adjusted, just like you can be physically fit. You can be happy with your body. You can be, you know, you can look in the mirror and go, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with what I'm seeing right now. Uh, I think that you can experience the same thing emotionally. You know, you can say, man, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling happy. Um, I'm feeling fulfilled. I'm feeling like meaningful. I'm feeling, you know what I mean? Like you can get to a stage where you're like, you know, I'm, I'm actually, I am good. Like I'm doing good. 
Uh, and that's just a, a, an outflow of, of the work that you've invested. You know, when you look in the mirror and your physical body looks good, that's because you're, you're looking into the mirror and you're seeing the results of the physical activity to, to get there. And so it's the same thing emotionally that to get to a healthy place emotionally, you know, there are certain things that you must, that we must do in order to, to achieve that. So for me, I, I wanted to expedite the healing process and I didn't want anything to distract from the healing process. And so facing loneliness was one of the biggest things. Cause I, I, I think, I think this is pretty accurate. I've really never experienced much loneliness in my life. You know, I've always had good friends around me. Um, you know, of course then, you know, when you start a family, you have your family around you and you have your kids around you and, and, um, you know, of course as an empty nester now, uh, that definitely, uh, presented quite a bit of a, you know, quite a, a challenge. And of course then, you know, going through a divorce, um, you know, and, and, and moving out of the home and moving away from the pets and moving away from, you know, even your partner, like, whoo, talk about, uh, experiencing loneliness, like never before. I mean, going from the family unit where you have constant noise, constant activity, constant, you know, uh, interactions, constant, all that to go from that to nothing, no pets, no people, no partner, nothing going to totally the opposite. Um, it's quite a shock to the system. And then I, you know, like I said, I got rid of the TV, um, and, and just decided to pour myself into my self-development, pour myself into my emotional health. So, you know, pouring myself into seeing a counselor twice a month, um, and even sometimes three times a month, just because I was on a, on a, on a desperate, um, journey of really wanting to discover uh, myself and find myself and kind of the culmination of the, the, the journey for me, I ended up getting a tattoo that said, know thyself on my neck, um, as kind of a, you know, like, Hey, I'm well on this journey and, and really enjoying it. Um, so anyway, so thinking about, thinking about loneliness, gosh, there's a, I, so what made me want to cover it in a podcast is, uh, let me get my, I got my computer here in front of me and I'm looking up something. So there was a movie that I watched. It's one of, it's probably in my top five and I, I love movies. Movies are my favorite, especially rom-com. You know, the romantic comedies are like, for whatever reason, that's just, that's just my favorite. I'm, you know, I'm kind of that hopeless romantic type. Um, I love love. I, I love romance. And so there's, I'll give you my, I, I, at this moment, anyway, my, my top five, but if you were to ask me, if you like caught me, you know, out in public and I had to tell you what was my favorite, um, movie of, of all time within the romantic field, like in the romance romance, it would have to be the 1995 version of Sabrina. I think there was a 1945 or 1947, uh, version and I think I saw it once, but I don't know. Once I saw the 1995 version, it was, it was hard to go back and watch the other one and appreciate it as much. But um, I'm sure it's it's awesome, too. I mean, um, but the one that I just fell in love with was the 1995 Sabrina. 
uh, with Harrison Ford and Julia somebody. Um, just, oh my gosh, my favorite all-time movie. But there's a, there's a scene in the movie, and I don't think this will ruin the movie at all. Um, if you haven't seen it, you definitely got to – it's actually – it's available for free. So it's available online for free through Tubi, um, through Amazon Prime. And I'm not sure Netflix might even have it. Highly recommend it. You got to watch it. So the the kind of the premise is it's set on this girl named Sabrina, who's the daughter of the chauffeur of the Larrabees, which is a super wildly wealthy family. And her dad's the chauffeur that, you know, and he they live in the apartment above the garage of this, you know, mansion, right? It's a detached garage, obviously with like six cars. So long story short, because of their connections, um, the family gets Sabrina an internship in Paris. So she spends a summer, either a year or a summer in Paris. And, when she leaves all that she knows, you know, her dad, you know, she leaves her dad and she goes to Paris. She doesn't know anyone. She doesn't know anything. She doesn't know French. And she goes there and I think she interns with uh, a modeling agency or a fashion agency. And anyway, she's having this conversation with this lady about loneliness. And the dialogue is this. She said, I went for long walks and I met myself in Paris. This, this girl is telling Sabrina this. And then she says, you seem embarrassed by loneliness, by being alone. And then sh this woman says, it's only a place to start. And that just is a profound statement. In other words, loneliness is the place from which we start our journey of self-development, self-actualization, self-discovery, growth. It's, it's like the bottom of the barrel almost to, to be utterly alone. I, 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 I won't, I'll never forget this. When I, when I first uh, moved out and I moved into, um, there's a lady named Roxanne. She was a widow and uh, I found her through Airbnb and I'll tell you, I really don't believe in accidents anymore. <laughs> not, not really, because I found this place to stay uh, through Airbnb. It ended up being this woman who was a widow. Her name was Roxanne. And we ended up becoming best of friends. She's such a dear person in my life. Uh, but I ended up staying with her for about a month. And the, the room that I rented from her was in the basement. And there were no windows. So, you know, I moved, I moved out into a basement that was cold. It was dark. It, it was, it was a nice enough place to stay for a weekend, but to actually be there for a month, um, it was definitely difficult. It was very difficult to be all alone in a basement, dark, you know, feeling like you know, my life was over and just all the different emotions that I was going through. Um, I, 
I met, I found myself in the basement of Roxanne's house. Uh, I experienced loneliness at a level that I've never experienced it ever before. I mean, you know, I cried myself to sleep. I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I would be crying or I'd wake up in the morning and be in a panic and, and going through all of these different emotions, you know, and, and people have asked me, do, you know, uh, like, do you have regrets? And it's no, it was, it was the worst time and the best time. It was the, it was the worst time for feelings of loneliness, just darkness that I've really never experienced before. But then right on the backside of that was the, the, the self-discovery, the, it's hard to, unless you've ever experienced loneliness, it's just a weird, it's a weird feeling to feel when you feel like you're all alone and you literally, you feel like you have nobody. You, you do have people. And, and I did have people that I could call, you know, I had friends and I, of course my kids and I mean, I, and you know, my counselor, I mean, so it wasn't like I was completely isolated, but it, it felt very isolating. And so it was a very surreal time, but I grew immensely uh, learn more and more about myself. And that's the one thing they say, and this is a very common thing. They say, if you really want to get to know someone, don't, don't, you know, don't, uh, what's how's it go? I forget the exact quote, but basically if you want to know what someone's really like, you want to find them on a bad day. You know, what, what are they like when they lose their job? You know, what are they like when they get fired? You know, what are they like when you tell them no, you know, what are they like when they, they, you know, get in a car accident or like, what are they like in the worst times? Not what are they like in the best times, right? Because in the best times, we're all happy. We're all good. It's all great. It's all fine. But whenever someone's in, in, in the darkness and they're in a difficult spot, that's what you want to look at. You know, what are they doing in those dark places? Right. And there were a few things that I did that, I'm very grateful for, and, and a lot of this came as a result of the coaching and the counseling that I was going through. Um, but one of the things that I, I've mentioned before, and I maybe even already said it, but I've I, I've mentioned it in several podcasts, I went without a TV for seven months because I didn't want to have any distractions. I didn't want to be distracted by television. I didn't want to be distracted. Uh, like I didn't go out and hang out with friends all the time and uh, and I just, and there's nothing wrong with doing any of those things. Nothing wrong with those things at all. This is just my personal journey. My journey was that I did not want to do anything to distract me from the feelings of loneliness. I wanted to feel alone. I wanted to feel the pain and it was so motivating and it was so helpful. Um, you know, it's almost like people that, that go through, childbirth. I, I know my, my ex didn't have any kind of epidural or any kind of painkillers for both of our kids when they were born. She did all natural. Um, and her thing was the same as kind of what I'm talking about emotionally is like she said physically, you know, she wanted to feel everything so that she could know what was going on. She didn't want to numb the pain. She wanted to feel it, you know, and breathe through it and all that. So it's much the same, right? Physical pain is really correlated. It's a lot, it's real similar to emotional pain. It's just different, right? Emotional pain 
it's just different, right? There's emotional pain, there's physical pain, and both are legitimate, both are reality, and and both of them you handle much the same, right? So you, you can have some pain and you can, you know, pop a bunch of pills to to distract your body from that pain or to cover or subdue or whatever uh, the pain, but the reality is, you know, the pain's still there, you know, that when you take an aspirin, the problem is still there. The aspirin is just covering it up. It's just disguising it. And so that's why I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not a big fan of, of, of opiates and, and prescription drugs. And I mean, listen, I'm not a doctor. You got to do what you got to do. You got to do whatever you got to do to make it through. Okay. No judgment. I'm just making an observation and I'm just talking about my own personal life. Um, you know, I, I will have a glass of wine or I will enjoy a little glass of whiskey here and there. Uh, but during this whole last year, I've really not done that because I didn't, again, I didn't want to do anything to mask or to cover up the emotions of what I was feeling. I didn't, I didn't want, like when I felt sad, I allowed myself to feel sad. I didn't think, ah, shit, I feel sad Do some shots of tequila. So I don't feel sad anymore. Or, you know, I need to go over and hang out with my friends so that I don't feel sad anymore. I don't want to feel this way. You know, that again, no judgment. You do what you got to do. I did not want to do that. And so I, I didn't do that. And now uh, as I, you know, on the other side of everything, I can tell you, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I really turned into the pain and acknowledged it you know, talked to it, uh, coddled it, held it, talked with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, it's like I had this ongoing relationship with, with loneliness. It was like, I would wake up in the morning and I, and the loneliness was now my companion. And it was a very, a very strange, dark time. Uh, but man, the growth that I experienced is something that I would never, ever, ever want to, to give up. Um, and learning to deal with the pain, just like in, in childbirth, you know, they, they teach you how to breathe and they teach you how to, you know, breathe through the pain and breathe through the contractions and all that stuff. It's the same thing. Emotional pain is much the same. So now if I ever feel any kind of feelings that I don't like, I instantly go into a state of meditation. You know, if I feel a little anxious or if I'm, you know, if I'm caught in traffic and I'm trying to get to a wedding and there's a car wreck up ahead. And so the traffic, you know, like all of a sudden I'm feeling that feeling of that anxious uh, or irritated feeling. Um, I begin to meditate. I start breathing deep. I just breathe and I think, okay, you know, it's not the end of the world. It's just a traffic jam eventually it'll open up or you know is there another option can i exit off here you know i just start to soothe i self-soothe i begin to soothe myself i begin to breathe deep and breathe through it um you know yes could i start pounding the steering wheel and cussing and spitting out cuss words you know i mean yeah i mean i guess you can do that um that's just you know I've done that in, for so many years and I didn't, I don't want to continue to live that way. And so I'd rather, um, deal with it in a, in a healthier way and living with 
the emotions of loneliness or any kind of pain, being able to sit with it. That was the, that was the, that was probably one of the, and I've probably mentioned this in another episode of on my, on my podcast, but that was just such a, an enlightening thing for me. I never thought of that concept. And when my counselor said, you know, Timmy turn into the pain. Well, my, my life, I always turned away from pain. I don't want pain. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to feel lonely. I don't want to feel that shit. You know, F that, no way. But my counselor kept saying, Timmy, no, it's not, I'm not saying to turn into it, like turn into it, accept it and live there forever. You know, she was saying, I'm just saying to turn into it, you know, and to look at it and sit with it. You know, what, what, why are you feeling lonely? What makes you feel lonely? Like really, you know, what are you feeling right now? And that was just absolutely enlightening. It was so helpful. Um, and, and in the process of turning into it, of course, you know, journaling through that process, um, uh, um, talking to friends about it, of course, talking to my counselor about it, uh, being able to, um, you know, reading books uh, about it and, and doing everything I could to, to really turn into the loneliness and turn into the discomfort, turn into the pain in order to uh, hopefully become uh, better adjusted to experiencing life because, right, it rains on the just and on the unjust. And what that means is, you know, good things happen to us and bad things happen to us, regardless of whether you're a good person or not. It really doesn't matter. Right. All right. So listen, I'm going to take a short commercial break. I'll be right back with you to finish up. Uh, today's show on loneliness, standing alone in a crowded room. All right, I'm back just with a couple uh, additional thoughts, and then this particular podcast will be complete. Loneliness, it's a starting place for growth. That's the main thing that I wanted to communicate in this particular episode is if you're experiencing loneliness, um, and even if it's the, you're, you're, you feel alone in a crowd, um, you know, sit with that loneliness, you know, ask yourself questions during that time, you know, seek to understand, seek to know yourself, you know, oftentimes, and I teach this, you know, I do a lot of, uh, premarital counseling, because uh, I, you know, I do weddings, and so in the premarital counseling, one of the concepts that I always mention, which is from Stephen Covey, which is anytime you're in a in a discussion, an argument, a fight, whatever you want to call it, with another person or your your partner specifically, it you should always seek to understand rather than seeking to be understood. Okay, that's from Stephen Covey. The other principle is be curious. You know, when, when you're, when you're arguing with someone or you have a disagreement with someone or you're fighting, whatever, whatever you want to call it, it it's important to, to develop empathy, right? You know, to, to, to truly seek to understand the other person's uh, perspective. Just a little side note, that's something that would be very important to do in this particular landscape of the political craziness that we're going through. I think it's important that we seek to understand rather than s trying to get everybody to 
you know, to understand us, we need to seek to understand them. Anyway, I digress. So also this idea of being curious. So that doesn't just work in relationship to our relationship with other people. I think this is also what is necessary in developing a healthy, meaningful relationship with ourselves, right? Seek to understand yourself and, and ask yourself questions like, why do I feel this way? Why did I feel the need to defend myself? Why did I, you know, why am I mad? Why am I, why do I feel hurt? Why do I feel lonely? Why do I feel depressed? Why do I feel anxious? Why do I feel like really digging in there? I had a, an encounter and I'm again, you know, I know that my episodes, my, on my podcast, I'll overlay and I'll say something that I said earlier. And, you know, um, so pardon me if, if, you know, if you listen to all my podcasts, Sometimes you can, it, you're going to get overlay and I'm going to talk about the same thing multiple times. Um, but anyway, so I had this conversation with someone and I, I noticed that I got extremely triggered in our conversation and I felt myself begin to defend, uh, to justify, you know, based upon what they said. And I got home later that night and I thought to myself, okay, why, why did that trigger me? Why did I defend? Why did I justify? Like what, what was going on there? And I had just been, I had just nearly finished a book uh, that I've mentioned multiple times, uh, new earth by Eckhart Tolle. And, and one of the chapters was on ego. Well, the whole book, he talks a little bit about ego, but, Specifically, there was this one section of the book where he talks a lot about ego. And I realized that what was in me that was defending myself was it was my ego. My ego got challenged. And I would like to be at a place in my life where, one, I'm free from judgment, which Judgment is usually an outflow of my own shame and guilt. Whenever someone is, when someone is very judgy, that's usually because they're full of shame and guilt or fear. It's one of those. And so I recognized that my ego got, you know, activated. And so, like I said, I, I want to get to a place in my life where, I'm free of all shame and guilt, number one, free of all judgment of others, um, and, and free of caring what anyone thinks. Now, outside of what I would consider normal, I mean, we all, if we're honest, I think we all care a little bit about what people think, but not to an unhealthy balance. Not that we would, you know, dress for other people or not do things because of other people or whatever. In other words, really being okay with you, you know what I'm saying? Like really being okay with you. I think it's one of the reasons that I like Post Malone so much. Uh, Post Malone, which if you don't know who he is, I'm shocked. Uh, but if you actually don't know who he is, 
just go to YouTube and Google Joe Rogan Post Malone. And and there's a three-hour-plus interview that Joe Rogan does with Post Malone. And I like Post Malone because he just is doing himself. He doesn't care. He really doesn't give a rat's butt. Obviously, I mean, he's got tattoos on his face, his head. is I mean, he's just, you know, I mean, he's just tattooed all over the place. And, you know, clearly I, I'm tattooed all over the place too, just not on my face. And, um, yeah, I guess I'm just not that free yet to, to put, get tattoos on my face. Uh, plus my, my business, I, I think that could be a little bit of a deterrent at this point. You know, I'm not a rock star, so can't, can't do the tattoos on the face, uh, at this point. But I, I think what it is one of many things I like Post Malone's music. Uh, there's so many things I like about Post Malone, um, it, when he's interviewed, like, I'll tell you what, go to YouTube and Google, uh, Jimmy Fallon and post Malone, just post Malone's such a neat guy. He's just such a nice guy. So that's definitely one of the biggest things that I like about him too, is just his freedom to do whatever he wants. But let me, let me, the, it was, I was, I think it was, I think it was when Jimmy Fallon was interview, interviewing him and Jimmy Fallon asked him, how do you, come up with music that everybody likes. Like, how do you find out what people like and do all this great music? And Post Malone's answer is something that I'm assuming it'll be with me forever because his answer was just perfect. He said, he goes, well, I don't, I don't make music for people. He goes, I make music for myself. I make music that I like and that I enjoy and hopefully people will resonate with it. And I was just like, that, for me, where I was in my life at that moment, it was so profound. Um, because I had lived my life, most of my life, for other people. You know, I, I didn't get tattooed. Of course, I, had, I started getting tattoos a long time ago. But now I have a lot more. And I plan on getting a, a lot more. Like, I'm going to be covered from from my neck all the way down to my toes eventually. But, um, for the longest time I kept my tattoos hidden and there was a good stint of time. I would say about, there was probably a good 10 years or more, uh, maybe a good 10 to 15 years of, of time where I didn't get any tattoos. And now I wanted them now money, you know, money's also an issue, you know, cause I had to wait till I got birthday money or whatever to get tattoos. But, um, one of the main reasons it really wasn't money. Money wasn't the reason I didn't get tattoos. I didn't get tattoos because of what I thought other people would think about me if I did. And that's, that's unhealthy, especially for me. Uh, to, to live my life based upon what other people, in other words, not doing what I want and not doing what I love because of the fearing the judgment from other people. Anyway, you know, I worked through that. I'm, I've, I'm clear of that now and, and I've continued to get more and more tattoos as, as, as money allows. That's why this podcast has to take off and do well so I can finish all my <laughs> tattoos. <laughs> That's a joke. So, um, 
yeah that 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 was feeling free to be me is important right so you feeling free to be you it's a, it's an important piece listen we only get one life that's the thing you only get one life that's it we only get one and 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 at the end of life it, 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 that's it right and so i don't want to have regrets and what i mean by that is i don't want to live my life for others and deny myself whenever that's not required in life. That's not matter of fact, if you want to live your best life, live you be you right. Be kind to yourself, know thyself and, and be you live your expression, you know, express yourself. However, that is, you know, I, I, um, I walked into a coffee shop not too long ago and behind the counter was a, a young man who had his hair in pigtails. He had a beard, had lipstick on, and he was wearing a dress and I had eyeshadow on. Now, I'll be honest. I mean, it was a little bit of a like, whoa, <laughs> like there's a lot of lot going on there. You know, got a beard and lipstick and eyeshadow, pigtails and, you know, like, but when I looked at looked at him i said uh i said man i like the i like the lipstick and he said thank you i said yeah man um and i just like the, the, there was something in me you know there was the moment there was the a, a brief second there of of judgment right which is just my own shame and guilt right because i'm not free um i'm i'm not as comfortable in my skin to, which i don't want to wear lipstick but i'm just saying even if I wanted to wear lipstick, I'm not, I wasn't at that moment comfortable enough to wear lipstick if I did want to. Right. So that was just a, a form of judgment, right? I was just judging based upon my own insecurities, but what came right behind that, like immediately behind that feeling of judgment was this feeling of just good for him. Like, that's awesome. Like, like there was just this, like, I, all I can say, it was just like, I felt full of love and, and just an appreciation for life and was just honestly, was just proud of the dude. I was just this feeling of, I was so proud that, you know, kudos to you guy for being able to, to put your hair in pigtails and wear eyeshadow and lipstick and grow a beard. Like, you know what? you do you. And if that's what makes you happy, that's freaking awesome. And it just was this moment of, of freedom. And, 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 and there, maybe there was a little bit of envy in there too. I envied his ability to be that free. So it's like, Tim, what does this mean about loneliness? Well, how does this, well, I, I think part, I, what that movie said in Sabrina, my all time favorite rom-com Sabrina, in talking about loneliness, it's only a place to start. Start what? The journey of self-discovery, the journey of self-development, the journey of enlightenment, the journey of growth, the journey of truly finding yourself. It's like loneliness is the bottom of the barrel. And it's like, it's like the place that we've got to get to, to 
only have ourselves. That's what loneliness is, right? You know, there I was in the basement, in a dark, cold basement, and I only had myself, right? I had no, you know, I had no partner. I had no kids. I had no pets. Now, I have kids, right? And I could have called them. But what I mean is, at that moment, I was alone. And it was just me with my own feelings, my own emotions, my own everything. And sitting in that lonely place There was, I couldn't go any lower. I couldn't go any lower than where I was. It was only up from there, but I needed to sit with myself. And man, all I can tell you, the, the, uh, this whole podcast, you could delete all the things I've said except for this one part right here. Loneliness is just the start. So if you're in a place of loneliness, be hope-filled. You can't go any lower than that. Loneliness is alone. That's it. You're alone. You can't be less than alone. You only be alone. You go up from there. So I encourage you to, if you're experiencing loneliness, you know, sit with that loneliness, turn into that loneliness and, uh, you'll discover something beautiful in yourself. All right, guys, have a fabulous day. Thanks for letting me talk on kind of a heavy, serious note, I guess. Um, loneliness. Guys, turn into it. It's the place to start. Peace.